Thank you, Lord, for such an amazing experience in your presence. Thank you, Lord, for the word that you have for us today. Thank you, Lord, that, that, that everyone who is tuned in, that is listening, that is watching, that is seated here, Lord, it has, you, you have brought for this moment, for this time to speak to, Lord. And so I ask right now that you speak to our hearts, that any walls that we have may be torn down, that any distractions that may be hindering, Lord, that you remove them in the name of Jesus right now, and that we may hear from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, siblings, who has brothers or sisters? Who has brothers or sisters? You can raise your hand if you're home too. I, I can see you. I can see you, like, you know. Um, brothers and sisters, siblings, right? You remember, <laughs> you, you, we all know that we can be kind of cruel to one another. I mean, we could, be, we could be mean to our siblings, but nobody else. You know, that's the rule. You know, I, I can tell you something, but nobody else can treat you that way. And so, we, you know, siblings are kind of cruel to each other. Um, I was cruel to, my, to the youngest of us, and, um, and she's traumatized to this day. Um, she has a fear of clowns. I may have had something to do with that when she was little. Um, and, 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 and the sad thing is she is traumatized today. I feel bad as an adult. I feel bad. I do. I'm sorry, Nicole. I, I'm sorry. But the thing, is, the thing is, when you're young, you're cruel to one another. You're kids, right? Kids. Um, you know, especially when one of them gets in trouble and they're getting, like, spanked. You know, I mean, we got spanked. I don't know. I know these days are different. But uh, we got spanked. And, and the thing is, like, you know, one's getting disciplined and, and the rest are like, ha, <laughs> that's right. You know, and, and they're enjoying your pain. They're enjoying your suffering. You're, you're getting beaten, you know, and most likely you weren't in it by yourself, but one, one, and in my case, you know, I was the oldest. I should just know better, you know. It doesn't matter if the baby did something. You're the oldest, so you get beat, you know, <laughs> you know, and so I, I remember taking the lashes from my sisters, right? I remember taking the blame most of the time and, and being the one, and, and you get used to it after a while being the oldest, but, this, but the, what you don't get used to is your sister is sitting back like, <laughs> that's right, you know I did it, but you're getting in trouble for it. And, and it's kind of it's cruel. It's kind of cruel. Now, if you don't remember uh, being laughed at when you were getting punished, then you were probably the sibling laughing at the, your sibling. You were probably the one that, got, that never got the discipline, you know, the golden child. Every family has a golden child that doesn't really receive what the others receive, right? For many years, my sisters enjoyed laughing at my expense. And um, I was about 16 or 17 years old. So, you know, I was, uh, my dad was loosening the reins a little bit. I was about 16 or 17 years old, and I was hanging out with a friend. And um, it got late. And I didn't go home. Now, that was before cell phones, guys, all right? Before cell phones, I did have a pager, right? Who had pagers, right? All right. I did have a pager, but it was before cell phones. And so what happens is um, there's no way. All, the, all your parents says, be here at this time, and guess what? You were there at that time. There was no calling. See, no, it was be here at this time. So it was getting late. I should have been home. I wasn't home. And a couple hours past my curfew, I'm finally getting home. I remember that um, at the time, I was 16, but I, most of my friends were about 18 or 19 years old. So I was always the youngest in the group. And they had cars. They had licenses and everything. And so my friend is driving me home. And uh, we pull up to the house. And my father is sitting outside on the porch with the light on, so that I could see that he's there. Don't kill me, pops. In his underwear. So, so there was like five things wrong with this picture, right? So now, like, like it's a summer night. My dad's out there hanging out on the porch. 
you know, the lights are on, the whole neighborhood, if you're up at night, is seeing that this guy, this white Puerto Rican, because my dad's white, my white Puerto Rican is sitting outside in his shorts waiting for his son to come home. And my friend saw it and was like, yo, is that your dad out there? Like, yo, just leave, man, just leave. Just leave. And I, I, so I waited till he left before I even started approaching the steps so that he wouldn't witness anything to come. Well, what, what followed wasn't the greatest experience. Um, you know, uh, I, I really wasn't late too much after that. Um, but my sisters were awake, and they were in the house peeking through the windows, seeing this whole display that was happening outside. It was embarrassing, but they enjoyed it. And to this day, the youngest sister will crack up just rem- reminiscing about it. But how about the feeling you get, right? That's, those are like happy feelings when you see your other siblings get punished, right? Which is kind of evil saying, right? But, but how, about, how about the other feeling, the other way around, when you know your siblings did something horrible, you know that they don't deserve anything, you know that they, what they do deserve is discipline, and then you see your parents rewarding them for some reason, and they give them something, they take them somewhere, they buy them something, you're like, whoa, 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 that's Abigail's new thing. Whoa, 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 guys, whoa. Whoa, wait a minute. What are you doing? Why are you giving him this? Why are you giving her that? They don't deserve it. I have been behaving this whole time, and you didn't give me anything. I've been the good child, and, and, you, and, and you haven't rewarded me for being the good child. I have been. I deserve I never snuck out of the house Mm. or just never got caught. (laughs) My youngest sister, she watches the show, understand that. (laughs) I deserve it. I'm the one that works hard. I'm the one that shovels the snow, that mows the lawn. I'm the one that trims the edges. I'm going to let it all out. Pop, you listening? Listen, I'm the one. I'm the one that went to the store. I'm the one. I, I can go down the list. I can go down the list. Man, I, mean, I don't know. I know kids are a little different these days, but, but we had older people living on the block. And I remember when I had to shovel my snow, it wasn't just my sidewalk. I shoveled about five houses. Every time it snowed, I mowed like five lawns every time I mowed the lawn because they were elderly and out of honor and respect, I had the energy, I had the strength, I would do it. Not needing anything in return. All right, that's a nugget there. Write it down, pray about it. See what God tells you about that. So, <laughs> so, um, so today... Today is a part two. It's a sort of part two. Last week, we talked about this is home, and we, and we talked about the prodigal son who returned. And today, we're talking about uh, the other son, the good son, the good son. Part two. Now, if you didn't see last week's, then watch it tonight before the game. Amen? All right. Let's turn to Luke chapter 15, 25 to 32. Luke chapter 15, 25 to 32. Now his older brother was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. There was a party going on. So he called to one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and, and, safe and sound, your father has killed the, the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in, the older son. He would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. 
So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I have never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never give me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends, that you throw a party for me and my friends. But soon as this son of yours, man, this son of yours, not my brother, you know, not, not, you know, this son of yours came who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, prostitutes, in case you didn't know what that meant, which is kind of funny because nowhere did it say that he was with prostitutes. Like, how do we, how do we know this? We didn't read that. How does, how, does this, how does this other son know this? You know what I mean? How does this other, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. Anyways, anyways. He hating on the guy. All right. So, Harless, you killed the fatted calf for him and said to him, son, you are always with. Uh, and then he said to him, the father said to the son, son, you are always with me. And all that I have is yours. It was right where it was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. All right. All right, quick recap. This is what's happening for those that are joining in for the first time and didn't hear last week's. Um, Real quick, there was a father, he had two sons, and the youngest son says to the father, says, listen, give me what's mine now. Usually when the father passes away, he leaves an inheritance to his sons. He, so he wanted his stuff now. He grabs his stuff. It says that a day later, a few days later, he leaves to a far country, far country showing that he steps out of his element. He leaves what he was brought up to believe. He leaves his morals. He leaves his covering. He leaves all that. He goes far away, and he spends it all with a reckless lifestyle. Then he, a famine hits the land. He's also broke, and he finds himself feeding pigs to try to make a living. And even so hungry that as he's feeding these pigs, he's like, yo, that looks good, what the pigs are eating. Finally comes to his senses and says, yo, you know what? The slaves in my dad's house got it better than me. I'm just going to go back and tell my dad if I could be a slave. I'm not worthy to be a son, but if I could just be a slave. And, his, and so he says, you know what, I'm going to do it. Makes a decision, gets up and go. And when he, dad, his dad sees him in the distance, his father runs to him. He embraces him. He kisses him. He won't stop kissing him. He says, get me a robe. He covers, with him, covers him with a robe. Get me a ring. Get me some, put some shoes on this guy, and let's have a party. You guys are, that, you guys are caught up. But still watch it. There's more to it. We stop there, but there's def- it's definitely not over. You see, the final part of this parable is pretty much the climax of the story. You know, sometimes you watch a movie, and you got to watch the movie all the way through at the end. You're like, oh, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Well, this, this, is, this is it. This is the oh. So what happens is, we, in order to get the full oh effect, we have to go back to the context of this parable. Who is saying this parable? Jesus. Who is he talking to? He's talking to the Pharisees and the scribes. Why is he talking to this? Was this, this was a response in verse 2 to the, uh, to the Pharisees and the scribes saying, look at that dude hanging out with all the sinners. Look at that guy with the sinners. And they were complaining that those that surrounded Jesus were sinners. And that he, look at him, look at the kind of people he's hanging out with. So then Jesus turns around, he hits them with three parables back to back. But there's, a, there's, 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 a, there's an impact in this. And, and, and I'll kind of give you a little spoiler alert now so you can understand as we go. You see, the sinners, in the, 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 the prodigal son in the story represents all the sinners, represents sinners. And then when he says the good son, the one that stayed home, as he's talking to the Pharisees, he's, he's like, that's you. So, so he's, he's given this parable, and, and the good son is, rep, is a representation of the Pharisees, the scribes, all these teachers of the law at that moment. And the young son represents the sinners that were crowded around Jesus. 
So when we think of Pharisee, we think of a hypocrite. We think of like, oh, somebody who's like self-righteous, you know, uh, this, this guy who thinks he's better than everybody, he thinks he knows everything, um, and, and, and they use what they know to make others feel less than, they're very unloving. I mean, this is, when you think of Pharisee, these are the things that come to mind. The thing is, <laughs> the thing is, and it's also, I mean, if, if amongst Christians, you know, Christians have Christian curse words, right? Well, being called a Pharisee is a curse word in the Christian community. <laughs> you know how they say don't curse? Well, it, 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 that's a Christian curse word. If you get called a Pharisee, that's not a good thing. <laughs> but the thing is that it wasn't always like that. You see, there was a time in the first century that if you were a Pharisee, you were well-respected. If you were a Pharisee, you understood the Word of God. If you were a Pharisee, you know, you, you, know, you, you carried yourself with integrity and with honor, and you were a good person, and, uh, and all these things. This was, the, this was the, 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 the image given to uh, the Pharisees at that time. These are the people that are closest to God. These are the people that understand God more than we could ever understand him. These people, these people are pleasing to God, and they're more blessed than we are. They're more blessed than we are. So uh, it may have been a little shocking when Jesus decides to drop a bomb on them and, give, and tell them that... Uh, they may not be so right with God like they thought. You know? And Jesus letting them know, listen, you can have all these people fooled, but you don't fool me. We can have anybody fooled. I can have you fooled. But I can never fool God. And that should scare you the most. Because guess what? Me fooling you guys, you guys don't determine my eternity. You guys don't determine where I spend the rest of my life. You guys don't determine what, I, what happens to me, the things that I experience, the, the blessings or the blessings that I get or do not get or miss out on. You guys don't determine that. So it should concern me that the one who does determine that does know my intentions, does know my heart, does know and cannot be fooled. So about this older brother, why don't we talk about him as much? Why don't we, why don't we, I mean, we talk about the, the parable of the lost son, right? And, and that's the main one. I mean, that's the, that's the, this guy was the worst. We focus on that. We don't look at the, at the older brother and we leave him out. We minimize his importance in the story. And many times it's probably because we look at the, the, the sin and we say, oh, no, this guy was really bad. He disrespected his father. He shamed his family. He, he went out, and according to his brother who wasn't there, he was with prostitutes. I mean, God only knows what he was doing. He shamed himself. He shamed his family. He found himself with unclean animals as a Jew. I mean, this guy just, I mean, he went down the list of all, everything you shouldn't do and did it. And here you have this guy that stayed home with his dad. He's not so bad. So that's why we focus always on this bad son, this corrupt son, this rebellious son. And we praise God for his loving kindness, his mercy, his grace, how he received them back. And we're like, yes, that's me. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, um, we say that the older brother was just a little grumpy, just a little jealous maybe. You know, maybe he woke up on the wrong side of the bed and, you know, and, and he was just a little upset. Compared to sins and, you know, there's no comparison. There's no comparison. We know who the really bad guy was. So if that's how we're thinking, are we saying that when Jesus was given this parable, telling the story to the Pharisees that he's saying, you guys are a little bad, but don't worry, it's not that bad. So is that the message that he's giving the Pharisees? That they aren't, they aren't that bad. Yeah, they got a little bit of, a couple character flaws. 
but it's not that serious. No, not at all. He wasn't doing that at all. If we focus on the younger brother's sins, and we focus on the younger brother's rebellion, and we focus on all these things that the younger brother did, and we dismiss what the older brother did just as character flaws, then we miss the entire point of all this. And I can say that we miss the entire point of all this because of the context of this parable. You see, Jesus is not telling, this parable isn't just so that Jesus is telling us not to be like the younger brother. No, in the parable, he gets to, this, he gets to explain what happens to the sinner. But, he's, but the parable, the context of it and who he's talking to isn't so to tell us don't be like the younger brother. The context of this parable is to tell us don't be like the Pharisee. Don't be like the older brother. This is the context of this. Now, yeah, we can get lots of teachings from us in all different ways, but this is the context of who he's talking to, why he's responding, and so forth. You see, we need to see the sin the way Jesus sees sin. Because, you know, how many of us are, come on, we're guilty, I'm guilty. Like, oh, you know what, this is not that bad. Oh, oh that guy's real bad. Oh, man, he's all, yo, he's, oh, you need, you need Jesus for real. Oh, you, you know what, just, just stop doing that. You'll be all right. no. We're guilty of that as humans to say, you know what, this may not be as just as bad as this or may not be as bad as that, but we need to see the sin the way Jesus sees sin, and sin is sin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, all sin. And when we, when we finally get to see sin the way Jesus sees sin, then perhaps then maybe we'll discover that some of the sins that we treated so lightly in our own lives are the very ones that Jesus may be despising the most in us. Can I get a drink of water after that? Oh, yes. So let's talk about this guy, this older brother. What type of person was he, you know? I mean, let, let, let's look into this. I mean, he had some good points. There were some good things about him. We know that he was a hard worker, right? We could tell that from the context, from the scriptures. We know that he was faithful to his dad. He stayed behind. So he was faithful to his father in working the, the, the land. Working the land. Um, but this son, just like the Pharisees, right, had some good points. Pharisees, I mean, they were consistent. They were dedicated. These Pharisees, would, they, had their, they had their systems. They had their rituals. They were very consistent. They reminded me of like Jehovah's Witnesses are very like on point. They got systems. They'll track you down. No. <laughs> so, so listen. Um, but just like the Pharisees, the, son, the older son had some good points, but the, just like, again, just like the Pharisees, the older son had some major flaws, some major uh, bad things that really outweigh the good. So what were the sins of the elder brother? Well, off the bat, we know that he was bitter. He was bitter. Verse 28, it shows us that he's angry. He, he's bitter, he's angry, I, you know, um, he wasn't moved by the fact, he wasn't moved that his brother was back and now this burden, can you imagine a, a parent that your child just leaves and, and you don't know anything about your child, how, you, how that weighs on you day after day, not, only, not knowing if your son or daughter is alive, not knowing if they're eating, not knowing if they're healthy, not knowing if they're safe, I mean, that takes a toll on a parent every day, day after day, and here his brother finally returns and this burden is lifted off his father's shoulder finally i know my son's alive he was lost and now he's found but i don't care about my dad's feelings all i know is that i'm not happy i'm not happy and what's happening is he's looking at this whole scene with a with like a, a, a with jealous eyes and bitterness in his heart and i want to read from ephesians 4 31 to 32 and what the word says about bitterness, it says to get rid of all bitterness, rage, harsh, 
uh, to rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. So, my question is, are we living this way? Are we, are, are we, are, are we, are we bitter? Are we angry? You know, are, are, is there rage and anger in our lives? I mean, are, are we so overwhelmed with these things that when we should be rejoicing, we're just bitter? Jealous? Angry? You notice in verse 12 that the older brother received his inheritance. And I'll read it to you so you can understand. It says, Then the younger of them said to his father, um, Give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And it says right away, So he divided to them his livelihood. That means that the younger son asked for his inheritance, but the father gave them both their inheritance. And then if you go deeper and you look at Jewish customs, Jewish laws, things like that, the older brother got more, gets more than the younger brother. So here you have the older brother. Yeah, he stayed home. And you know what? This is kind of like, you really mad that you stayed home? This is probably all yours anyway. You probably stayed home tending to your own stuff anyway. But anyway, we're not going to go there. So, so, so what happens is he, he, he's upset, but he already received what's his. He's received a double portion of what his brother received, and so he's not going to lose anything for his brother being back. He's not going to lose out on something. Nothing's taken from him. But yet, he couldn't be happy that his brother was back. Like some of us that have received our salvation through Christ. We've accepted Christ. We have eternal life in Christ. But we can't celebrate when someone else comes back to the Father. Now, this might be hard to understand here because we don't experience this here. We celebrate when somebody comes to Christ. We celebrate when somebody comes back to Christ. But you know, since now it's on the internet, you don't know who's watching. <laughs> um, so, so he gets double, and still he's bitter and angry about his brother's return. Okay. Second, he was self-righteous. This elder brother, his older brother, thought there was nothing wrong with himself. You know? The younger brother and his father, they're the ones with the issues right now. The younger brother is rebellious, and he came back, and the father, yo, you must be weak and soft. So they got the issues, and I'm okay, right? He tell, in verse 29, he tells his father that he never disobeyed his commands. I, listen, I never let you down. Me. Ephesians 2, 8, 2, 8 and 9 say, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So you shouldn't boast. Right? And so what happens is here he is boasting of his works, expecting that he should have received what his brother received. <laughs> Pretty much, this is God saying, like, I, I, don't, I don't care what you've done. I don't care, you know, how you want to pop your collar or, or how, how you've done things, you know. It's not any of that that's going to save you in the aspect of salvation I'm talking about. It's not, that's not going to save you. It's, through, it's not through works that will save us or how good you behave. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not only about, like, how, how good you could do something or, or how good. No, it's, it, none of that will save us. It's only through Jesus Christ the grace that he shows us. But you know what's crazy? What's crazy is, and I have to say shame on us. I'll say us, right? Let me put me in I mean, so, so no one feels bad. Shame on us when we are quick to receive the grace of God. 
in our lives. <laughs> Yet we feel that we can decide who else deserves his grace afterwards. Listen, it, it, we're, we're, as an individual, you're the first one to be like, Woo, I need your grace. Give me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Uh, for, uh, restore me, Lord. And, and, and asking for God to give you for you. And the second you're all good, right? The second you feel good and, the, and you feel safe in his arm, and, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, I don't know about that person. Mm, mm, I don't know. They just got one tattoo too many. Come on. And, and so, so they say, uh, I don't know. I heard about that person. I don't think we want them here. Listen, listen, church. <laughs> we will, we, we, I know we're not like this, but just in case, we can never be like this. And if you find yourself struggling, Let's talk. Let's pray. Come, let's talk. Talk to me about it. Talk to me about it. See, we want to be a place here where anyone can come in and feel the love, the mercy, the grace of God and experience what you too have experienced. Because you guys are sitting here. You guys know uh, uh, what God has done in your lives. And then people are, the people are lining up waiting to experience and to have an encounter with Christ that you have already had. Yes. Okay, all right, all right. So third one, he's self-centered. He's self-centered. Uh, verse 29 also talks about uh, that he's saying to us that all these years I slaved. I never disobeyed. You never gave me a goat so that I could party with my friends. Yo, if you, so I think it's five times. If you're New, King, New King James versions, uh, I, me, my. Yeah. <laughs> me, me, me. Yo, your brother just got back. We thought he was dead. We didn't know what was happening, and you're worrying about you right now? You're worrying about you, and your brother just got back? It's time to celebrate. It sounds like this, whole, this verse of me, my, my, it sounds like he lives in today's society. Because today is a lot about me. You know? Do you. <laughs> Do you. Oh, gosh. I hate that. I hate that. That goes, that's, that's anti-biblical to do you. Do you understand that? Gosh. Please, d- delete that from your vocabulary. Um, <laughs> that's all right, right? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Philippians, Philippians 2.3 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in, whole, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Listen, if we are honest with each other, let's just say that there are many of us that are probably failing in this department. Notice I said many of us that are failing in this department. You see, um, you want me to live my life, my life, by putting others first? You (laughs) You want me to live my life putting the needs of somebody else before my needs? You want me to live my life putting someone's feelings over my feelings? That's, this, is like, this is like another language these days. This is, this is, this is a whole other language. A whole other language these days that many people have, are, are having trouble with. I don't know about all that. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can live my life putting others first. I don't know if I can live my love esteeming others and encouraging others and not making everything about me. I don't know if I can do that. You see, because I love me. I love me. Social media shows us that. But you know what? The thing is, it's, it's, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. That's what social media did to us. It made us about me. You know? 
this brother, this older brother, was like, this is my universe. Everybody else is just, just around it. So fourth, he was loveless, loveless. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5 say, um, love is patient and love is kind. Oh, right? Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. You got to read it like that when, when you're reading this verse. Or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. None of us get irritated. And it keeps no record of being wronged. Nobody brings up the past. Let me tell you something. Love is definitely not present in this situation right now. Because he did everything against that. You know? <laughs> I have something for you to think about. What if? Right? What if the older brother was the reason why the younger brother left in the first place? It's just a what if. I'm not changing the scripture. I'm just saying what if. And the reason why I say that is because if, if, if the brother was living a loveless life toward his younger brother, his younger brother would be like, I don't need this. And, and, his, and, and the lovelessness of his brother could have driven him away to a far country seeking for love in other places where he wasn't receiving it from his brother. You know, there have been many people, brothers and sisters in the faith, that have experienced lovelessness from a so-called brother or sister in, in the church. I'm talking about something that I know, okay? So let's talk about me. I have experienced lovelessness from people that were so-called Christians, brothers and sisters in the Christ. They should be my brother and my sister. Why would you treat me this way? Why would you? Don't you know that your lovelessness is pushing me away back into the far country? Don't you know that your lovelessness is going to push me back into the bar, push me back into the club, push me back into the arms of somebody else that I shouldn't be in? Because when I tried to seek the Father, your lovelessness pushed me away. Jesus. We don't know. We don't know what the story. I mean, we just, we just see that he leaves, right? But we do know this. The Bible doesn't talk about the other brother saying, no, don't go. We don't read the other brother saying, maybe you should think about this. We don't see the brother making an effort to go look for his brother while his dad is probably crying day and night. If my little sister was lost somewhere and my parents were suffering day and night, you think I'm going to sit there and do nothing about it? You don't think I'm going to go look for her? What we do know is that when he got back, he wasn't happy. That's what we do know, right? Let's call it facts. Facts. When his brother got back, was he happy? Yes or no? Okay. How do we act when a brother and sister in Christ, when a member of our church families goes away, is lost, disappears? Do we say, yes, finally. I don't got to hear this person no more. Do we say good riddance or do we, do, does our heart break the way that this father was broken and burdened not knowing what was happening with this person? All right. Fifth, he was ungrateful. We all know this guy was ungrateful. Verse 31, the father reminds him of what he had. Oh, 
that, that had to break it down to him. That said, listen, he's like, you, you know, uh, the, the father reminded him, like, yo, you have privilege. You're my son. You, you have position here, right? You're always with me. He says, you're always with me. You, you have position here. You had possession. He said, all that is mine is yours. He had privilege, position, and possession. But he wasn't grateful for that. He wanted a party. He had all that, but what he wanted is a party for him, for his friends. Say that again. Yeah. That's, she said 50 rolls, robes, but he wanted that one. Because God only knows how many robes they had in their house, right? Man. Ungrateful. Ungrateful. He was ungrateful for the blessings. He was bitter, self-righteous, self-centered, loveless, ungrateful. And these aren't just minor character flaws. Jesus is trying to make sure that the Pharisees are getting the point. He's trying. He tries. In Luke 15, we, just, we don't just have one prodigal son. We have two. Luke 15 doesn't just have one prodigal son. We have two. You see, what happened is one left home and went to the far country while the other one stayed home. One of them, you know, was overcome uh, with sins of the flesh while the other son was overcome by sins of the spirit. One shows us what outward sin does to our lives. And the other shows us what inward sin does to our spirit, to our hearts. This inward sin will eat you up. When you should be happy, you're angry. When you should be rejoicing, you're bitter. When you should be uh, uh, showing love, you're, 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 it's, it's, it's just evil. It's just hate, hate, hate. So, so pastor, is there a happy ending? <laughs> you know we like happy endings. Well, I wish I could tell you that there was. I don't know. Because see, ah. All we know is that the door was left open. So that's a happy ending, knowing that the door is always open. For this older brother, we don't know how his story ends, because that's pretty much where it ended. We don't know if he went into the party. We don't know. It doesn't tell us. You see, in verse 28, once again, we see that the father was going out to meet one of his sons, right? So instead of running like he did with the youngest to meet him, in this one, he comes out to plead with him. I want you guys to understand something. The father ran to the lost son. He ran to the lost son and covered him with his grace and with his love and received him. The father also goes to the other son. But this conversation is a conversation of pleading. So what is this telling me? It's telling me that God is pleading with his people, which, is, which have already received him, which have already said, I want to follow you, which are reading his word, which are studying his word, which are we're supposed to be teaching others his word. So what's happening is he's pleading with this group of people and says, listen to me. We need to celebrate. We need to love. It can't be about you. He's pleading with his older brother and then the rest. We don't know. We can't change the outcome of this story. But if this applies to you, then you could change the outcome of your story. 
today. father tells him in verse 31 and 32 he said to him son you are always with me and all that I have is yours it was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found You know, um, this parable has been called by many uh, the heart of the gospel. That's a nickname that this parable has, the heart of the gospel. Um, But we know that the gospel involves Jesus, so where in this beautiful picture of forgiveness and repentance do we see Jesus? Well, we talked about it last week, right? We see it in the Father. We see it in the father who runs to meet the younger son. We see it in the father who intentionally leaves behind the comfort and the security to meet the sinner. Not only leaving the comfort and security to meet the sinner, but to take upon the sinner's shame and humiliation upon himself. He takes the shame and the humiliation that was due to the prodigal. So church, if you could stand with me. In this parable, we see the incarnation of Christ. We see the sacrificial atoning death of Christ. We see the gospel of Christ. We find Jesus in this parable, but the question I have for you today is where do you find yourself in this parable? This is why it's kind of like a part two, so think back to last week as well. Are you the younger son who has lost fellowship with the father? as a result of the sins of the flesh? Or are you like the older brother thinking you have fellowship with the Father, but you have really truly lost fellowship with the Father because you have allowed the sins of the Spirit to overwhelm you? Or maybe you're not even a son at all Because you haven't accepted Christ yet. You've never been under the Father's covering. You've never been in the Father's house. The happy ending, right? The happy ending of our story is that today is the day that you can make a decision to, one, be a son or a daughter, You can be the son that comes back to the father. You can even be the good son today and say, you know what, that's me and I want to repent from it. So there's a happy ending for anybody here today and for those watching at home. If we acknowledge these sins of the spirit, which are harder, because it means you need to be honest with yourself. It means you need to be honest with yourself. If you can acknowledge it and repent, he will forgive you. He will. He will. And then we can get right back to spreading the gospel, loving and receiving each and every person that comes back to the Father. So my question to you today is, which one are you? The bad son, the good son, or do you want to be a son? 
That's my question for you today. As I pray, the altar is open because I need to pray with you. I need to pray with you. I desire to pray with you today. So the altar is open, and as I'm praying, I, I ask you to come forth so that I can pray with you. Father God, I just want to thank you, Lord, for your word. I want to thank you, Lord, because, Lord, you have spoken to me first. Father God, and you have spoken to us. Lord, make us a people, Lord, that can acknowledge, Father, first off, if, we're, if, if, if we are harboring any of these sins of the Spirit, Lord, that you do despise. Forgive us, Father, if we've ever acted like this so-called good son and have pushed people away from your word, from your presence. Father God, today I need you, Lord, we need you, Lord. We need you, Lord, to, to, to speak into our hearts, to refresh us, to, to, to uh, restore us once again. Lord, a fresh anointing upon each and every one of our lives, Father. Father, there's someone who has not made a commitment to serve you, to follow you, Lord. This is the time. If you have not made a commitment to serve the Lord, to receive him as your Lord and Savior, I ask you to come up. I want to pray with you. If you're watching at home, send me a message. I want to pray with you. Lord, thank you, Lord, for those that are making a decision to say, I want to be a son or a daughter of the Lord. Speak to us, Jesus. Help us, Lord. Bring us back if we've rebelled, if we've walked away, if we're in a far country right now. Bring us back. Father, Lord, Father help us, Lord, if we never left, but our heart has grown cold. Help us. In Jesus' name. Amen.